kids, I'm Bill Allerton from Urban Tiger Radio, deep in the concrete jungle heart of Sheffield, United Kingdom. And with me here today, as she is every day, is Nelly, <coughs> the Urban Tiger. I hope you're enjoying these stories that I will continue to bring you, but don't worry if you are enjoying them, there are quite a few left yet. It will be a while before we get to the end of them. So, I'm Bill Allerton from Urban Tiger Radio, and this is your next story, coming right up now. Singer of Wishes With his last breath, as the mighty ocean storm blew away, East wind pushed at the little ragged sail. The small, unpainted boat drifted slowly towards the shore. As it came to rest upon the shingle beach, the darkness cleared from the sky. On the horizon, a golden glow rose from the sea and spread its light across the land. Asleep in the bottom of the boat, lay Connor, wrapped in what was left of his clothes after using his cloak for a sail. Connor had been wounded by many sharp sword cuts to his skin and was exhausted from wrestling the boat through the storm. As he'd slept, the salt spray from the wild sea had begun to heal his wounds, and a growing sun now dried out his clothes. Beside him, wrapped carefully in a ceremonial sash, lay his sword, Singer of Wishes. The sun rose slowly and warmed Connor out of his deep, healing sleep. When he awoke, he looked up to find himself beneath a clear blue sky. Energy flowed through him from the heat of the sun, and his wounds no longer hurt. He believed himself to be in heaven. Connor took hold of the rail around the edge of the boat and lifted his head cautiously so that he could see what the land of heaven looked like. Startled, he dropped back into the boat, then told himself that whatever he found here in heaven, it could not hurt him. He peered again over the edge of the boat. Sitting in the sun, watching him quietly, no more than two metres away, was a large leopard. Connor opened his mouth to speak, but, oh, was all he could manage. He swallowed hard and tried again. This time the words came out. What, what are you? Are you a god? he croaked. No, said the leopard. I'm a leopard. You can get out of the boat now. So that you can eat me? asked Connor beginning to unwrap the sash from his sword. "'So that I can help you,' said the leopard. "'Is, is this heaven?' asked Connor. 
the leopard smiled ruefully. It used to be, he said. Connor climbed stiffly from the boat. Leaning heavily on his sword, he followed the leopard into the shade of the palm trees that fringed the edge of a deeper, darker jungle. The light was softer there, and away from the bright glare of the beach, Connor could see that his cuts were almost healed. He leaned his back against a tree and prepared to sit down. No, not here, said the leopard, his eyes searching this way and that. It's not safe. Follow me. And he set off down a narrow, clear trail that led deep into the jungle. After a while, they came to the bowl of an enormous tree. There were marks in the bark, like steps that claws had scratched into it over the years. Here, quickly, said the leopard, and scrambled swiftly upwards to disappear amongst the branches. Connor tied his sword around him with his sash and climbed after him. The light faded as he climbed upwards into the thick, dense covering of leaves, though he never lost sight of the leopard's tail as it twitched tantalisingly before him. After what seemed an age, they broke out into a large, flat area at the top of the tree, where sunlight dappled through the branches. The leopard turned around. You can rest now, he said. We are safe here. Connor looked around and found that he could see across the top of all the jungle. Where are we? he asked. This is the king's tree, said the leopard. And who are you? asked Connor. The king, of course, replied the leopard. And does the king have a name? asked Connor as he sat, tired out from the long climb. The leopard coiled gracefully into a patch of dappled sunlight and Wretched. I am Hassan, he said, admiring the sharpness of his own claws. King of all leopards. And when you are rested, I will tell you why this place is no longer heaven. Connor awoke with a start to find that night had fallen, and the leopard was gone. He found a place where a solid branch felt safe and comfortable against his back and unwrapped his sword. In the darkness, Singer of Wishes fitted perfectly within his fingers. The long curved blade soaked up the light from the stars showing above the king's tree until it moved in his hand like perfectly polished blackest night until I wish began Connor. With those words, the sword began to glow, softly at first, and then, I wish, said Connor again, and the sword gleamed brightly in his hand, rivalling the moon that had climbed steadily over the treetops. I wish, said Connor, more urgently this time, and the glow brightened again until suddenly the sword began to sing in his hand with a bright, insistent note that climbed and climbed until it was too high for Connor to hear it. "'Stop that racket!' hissed the leopard, appearing silently behind Connor. "'I can't hear anything,' said Connor. "'No,' said Hassan, "'but the other animals can. 
Our ears are quite different to yours. They will know now where we are. Connor wrapped the sword in its sash, and the glow and its song settled down to blackness once more. I'm sorry, he said. Sorry doesn't do it, said Hassan, his eyes searching amongst the branches. Come on, we must go. As they climbed down the tree, Connor stole one last look backwards, and thought that for a fleeting moment he saw a series of small, haunted red eyes flashing in and out amongst the branches above him. Once they reached the floor, Connor followed Hassan as they twisted and turned rapidly along the jungle paths. They ran for ages until Hassan stopped suddenly and let out a snarl. We are trapped, he said. Connor unwrapped his sword and swung it once in his hand. The blade carved a path of absolute darkness through the faint jungle night. Then we'll fight, he said. Then we'll lose, said Hassan, watching the glowing red eyes peering at them from all sides. The evil that has infected these animals knows no fear. Then I shall show them fear, said Connor bravely. And who are you to show them fear? hissed Hassan. I am Connor, ninja samurai of Shogun here or there, he said. Except now I am Ronin, a samurai without a master. Well, we make a fine pair, said Hassan, for I am now a king without subjects, and you a subject with no king. Perhaps... We should be masters of ourselves, suggested Connor. Perhaps, replied Hassan, but I may be too old to change my spots. Connor lifted Singer of Wishes in front of him. I wish, he said, and the blade began to pulse with a rich glow that went out into the surrounding bushes and lit up the eyes of a thousand animals stood watching them. Those eyes returned the glow with a bright, red glare. I wish, shouted Connor, and the glow brightened until he could see all the animals in the circle of light from his sword. There were monkeys beside lions, bats riding on the shoulders of tigers, parrots, hummingbirds hovering in the night air, zebras with snakes coiled loosely around their necks, crocodiles and strange fish that walked across the mud on their flippers, and in the distance at the back of the crowd of smaller animals, Connor thought he saw a dragon. But whatever the animals were, their eyes glowed red in the jungle night like hot coals. The animals pressed closer and closer to Hassan and Connor. By the light of his sword, Connor could see that one side of the circle was thinning, as though the animals were driving them towards the growing gap. Let us fight, then, snarled Hassan. No, said Connor quietly. Hassan growled low in his throat. You don't mean to run away. I have run away once too often, said Connor, and I will not run again. But I think there is a greater evil at work here, and these animals are only made to act in this way under the influence of another. It would not be fair to hurt them. Cautiously, Hassan and Connor backed away from the animals towards the gap they had seen earlier. 
The animals seemed content to follow them, their eyes flashing like fireflies in and out of the bushes as they trod silently and menacingly along. "'I think they mean us to go this way,' said Connor, holding up the softly glowing sword. "'You mean they want us to run away in this direction?' snarled Hassan. "'I ran away only once,' said Connor. There was a great battle in which my master was killed. He hung his head in shame. I am, I was, samurai. I should have died by his side, but I could see the battle was lost, and I, I stole a boat and ran away. There's little point in continuing to defend a lost cause, said Hassan. And if you had allowed yourself to be killed, who would be left to avenge your master and to rediscover your own lost spirit? They walked on in silence, Connor lost in thought, as the encircling animals drove them ever deeper into the haunted jungle. As the night slowly gave way to the grey-green of dawn, they entered a wide clearing. In the centre of the clearing, a shelter had been made out of thin branches. The roof had been stitched together with large palm leaves. In front of the shelter was a small table, and on it was something that looked like a book, except that it was opened the wrong way, and a page shone with a luminous green light. Beside it, a tall pole was stuck firmly into the ground. At the top of the pole was a dish made from a fine wire. This was pointed towards the sky. I think this is where we are meant to be, said Hassan, as he looked around him. The red eyes that had driven him through the jungle faded two by two as the animals turned away. Connor held out his sword. Hi, he began. Quiet, hissed Hassan. Listen. From within the shelter came the loud, long, rasping sound of someone snoring. I'd heard that evil never slept, remarked Connor, wrapping his sword once more in the sash. Hassan shivered in the cold damp of dawn, then settled down on a patch of soft ground to wait. Well, let's hope it puts it in a better mood, then, he growled. After a while, the sun cleared the tops of the trees and lit and warmed the clearing. The last of the animals had gone away, leaving Connor and Hassan feeling quiet alone, when suddenly the snoring stopped. After a while, the sun cleared the tops of the trees and lit and warmed the clearing. The last of the animals had gone away, leaving Connor and Hassan feeling quite alone, when suddenly... The snoring stopped. Hassan sat up and glared at the opening to the shelter. He could see something moving around in there, but couldn't quite see what it was. Connor unwrapped Singer of Wishes, and together they moved into the centre of the clearing. From the shelter emerged a man. He was tall with dark hair and wore a sand-coloured shirt and shorts. His socks were halfway up his legs above tough, sand-coloured boots. For a moment he didn't notice them as he rubbed the sleep from his eyes and splashed his face with water from a bowl on the stand. 
The wizard, whispered Hassan. Wizards wear hats, whispered Connor in reply. The man reached down and picked up an object like an oval soup bowl with a broad brim. He placed it on his head. There's the hat, said Hassan. The man lifted his arms up into the air and yawned and stretched, then realised he wasn't alone. A look of fear flashed across his face as he noticed Connor carrying the blackest sword he had ever seen, and beside him a huge, sleek, majestic-looking leopard. The leopard rose slowly to its feet as if to spring. Connor lifted the sword into the air. "'Wait!' shouted the man. Waving his arms frantically, he dashed back into the shelter and returned, clutching a small silver object in his hands. He raised it and pointed it at them. "'Don't look!' snarled Hassan. "'It's the soul-stealer!' Hassan and Connor looked away quickly as a bright flash filled the clearing. Connor examined himself carefully to see what damage had been done by the object. But there was none. Hassan seemed unhurt too. He raised his sword menacingly. Your weapon has no power against us. We are too mighty for your sorcery, he shouted, brandishing singer of wishes. The darkness of the blade filled the air above his head like a gathering storm. Prepare to defend yourself against the forces of good. Unaccountably, the man began to laugh. He lifted his hat and mopped at his brow with the cloth. What weapon do you think I have? he asked. The soul-stealer, growled Hassan, his eyes constantly watching the silver object as the man placed it beside the book-like thing on the table. I have no weapon, said the man. Only this, and he pointed to the silver object on the table. It is called... A camera. And it is filled with lost souls, hissed Hassan dangerously. I have seen you myself, stealing the souls of the animals when their curiosity became too much to bear. They came close to discover what you were, and you flashed the light at them, and their eyes turned bright red. Now they only stumble around a jungle, unable to see properly, instead of being the fine, proud animals they used to be. They have lost their place here, and with it, their souls. And the only place they can be, he growled, preparing to launch himself across the clearing at the man, is in this, this camera. Wait, said Connor. If you harm him now, we may never get back the souls he has stolen. I have stolen nothing, said the man. Yes, you have said a voice from behind Connor. He turned to see that the other animals had silently returned and were sat in a great semicircle around them. The lion that had spoken stepped unsteadily into the clearing and turned to Connor and Hassan. We drove you here by scent alone in the hope that you can win back our sight and our souls. Will you help us? Of course, said Connor, but I wish, I wish I knew how. In his hand, Singer of Wishes began to glow with a strong white light. 
The man snatched the silver object from the table and aimed it at Connor. Connor swung his sword wildly and looked quickly away. Flash went the object. The light from it hit Singer of Wishes and bounced straight back into the man's eyes. He screamed and dropped the camera, clutching his hands to his face. Ah! When he took away his hands, his eyes were like burning bright red coals deep in their sockets. Help! he shouted. I can't see a thing! Hassan growled threateningly from deep within his throat. Shall I kill him now? No, said the lion quickly. We need to find out where his soul has gone. Then follow it to find ours. The man took off his hat and threw it down onto the ground. He rubbed fiercely at his eyes. I can't see, he wailed. He took away his hands and his eyes shone out like twin red beacons. Help me, he said. Tell me how to undo the magic spell you've cast upon the animals, said Connor, and perhaps I will also help you, if you promise to go away from here forever. There is no magic, said the man. It is just a camera. It takes pictures. It steals souls, ground Hassan. If only you could see what you have done. I did not know, said the man. He wailed loudly, rubbing at his eyes. I am so sorry. Tell me how it works, said Connor. Then perhaps we can undo the things you have done. I meant no harm, said the man. The camera, soul stealer, said Hassan. Shush, said Connor. Let him finish. The camera takes a photograph, said the man. A, a likeness of anything it sees. This can then be shown to other people. But why are you here in the jungle? asked Connor. I'm taking photographs of the animals, replied the man, still rubbing at his eyes. Then I connect my camera to my computer. That's the thing on the table that looks like a book. Then that's where the souls must be, cried Hassan. Break it, set them free. He ran towards the table and took hold of the computer in his powerful teeth. Wait, wait, shouted the man. Don't break it, please. If the souls are not in there, demanded Connor, then where are they? The computer sends a signal to the moon, the man replied, by a special kind of light. Oh no, ground Hassan. He sent them to the moon. We'll never get them back. Let me kill him now and break his magic tricks. Please, no, said the man, who was now frightened for his life. Although he could no longer see Hassan, he was frightened by the angry noises he could hear him making deep down in his throat. The signal, he said, it is bounced back from the moon to another place, a city in England called Sheffield, and the pictures travel down the internet to a school where there are lots and lots of small children. Children have their own souls, snarled Hassan. Why would they want ours? The children only see the pictures, the man replied. And from seeing the pictures, he pointed across the clearing to where a troop of red-eyed monkeys were now jumping around senselessly and making a terrible loud noise. They learn how animals behave. Well, that explains the behaviour of some of the children I have seen in schools then, said Connor. Perhaps, said the man, 
there is something in the instruction book for the camera that would explain the red eyes. He turned to Connor. Can you read? Yes, of course, said Connor. I am a ninja, and in Japan only the wind cannot read. The man fumbled blindly in the tent and brought out a book. Connor took it from him and thumbed the pages. Ah, here it is, he said. Red-eye settings. The camera should flash twice, and the second flash takes away the red-eye. Quickly, said the man, press the button on top of the camera. Connor pressed, but nothing happened. Oh no, said the man. The battery is gone. It can't have, said Hassan, or I would have seen it leave and bitten it. I wish I had another battery, said the man, and with that wish, Singer of Wishes began to glow softly in Connor's hand. I wish I could kill him now, snarled Hassan, and the sword glowed brighter still. I wish you'd be quiet for a minute, snapped Connor, and Singer of Wishes glowed like starlight in his hand. We all wish you'd hurry up, shouted all the animals angrily, and with that wish, Singer of Wishes leapt into the air from Connor's hand and began a song with notes that soared so high that even whales passing a distant arctic shore raised their heads from the water to listen. The sword began to spin around and around in the air above their heads, glowing brighter and brighter all the time as the song grew louder and louder until... I wish I knew what was happening, said Connor, and with that last wish the sword exploded into a brilliant flash of light that reached out and stole the red from everyone's eyes. For a long moment, no one could see anything, not even Connor. Then, slowly, their sight returned. The monkeys were suddenly scared to find themselves alongside the great slithery snakes. The zebras took one look at the pride of lions lay beside them and bolted off as fast as their hooves would take them. It seems that everything is back to normal, said Hassan. I'd better get back to my tree and start being a king again. Can you guide me back to my boat? asked Connor for I must leave now. Why must you leave? asked Hassan. Because, replied Connor, I have learned that what seems like running away can be a very important part of the battle. It gives you time to think, time to get back your strength and to plan. So now I must return. He turned to the man, and I suggest you come with me. But I haven't yet finished, said the man. I think you have, snarled Hassan. Unless you can take pictures from the inside of a leopard. A short time later, Connor and the man paddled the boat out from the shore. The wind flapped idly at the little ragged sail. I wish it would blow properly, wished Connor and Singer of Wishes began to glow brightly. I wish I knew where we were going, said the man, and the glow of the sword deepened. To an adventure, replied Connor, wherever that may be. We wish you well, shouted the animals that had gathered along the shore. And with a mighty shriek, 
singer of wishes, rose into the air, wove the song of the wind around Connor, the man and the boat, and took them scudding safely across the sea to seek their fortune. Mm -hmm.